2: I um, I have to let Jamie in. He's he's banging against the door and, and crying because I won't let him into the front room. Yeah, he's gotta come
3: so. in. I mean well, I don't know why you've suddenly decided you're not gonna let him in. He has been present during every single record. Is this a different record? No, because there was no Christmas tree before and I don't know if you know about kittens and Christmas trees.
2: <laughs> They're not a great combination. <laughs>
3: The very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith.
2: So usually when she's in, it's like timber and the tree falls because for her it's a big toy. And I I put citrus, you put citrus fruit round and apparently that's meant to put them off. That kind of did for a day or two. And then I bought a spray, which seems to attract her more than anything. Um, So she's outside now,
3: so... I might have to let her Okay, in, so what do you more. want us to say, Maureen? Let her in? Don't know,
2: but don't let her in. You know what's really funny now? Because I love my tree. So my tree is up there. It looks gorgeous. And I'm basically spending most of my time with my cat in the back bedroom. So no one
3: appreciates the tree apart from people going past the house. Well, I mean, that's you're offering a public service there, aren't you, Maureen? <laughs> Maureen, can I? I don't know how close you are to your microphone. Oh, I'm very close. You're just quite faint for me. I don't know why. No. Oh. I shouldn't complain. That's a, it's, a, it's, only, it's only ever a bonus.
2: Also talking about Jamie, I woke up the other day uh, to find that my bathroom was a sea of cat litter because someone, I'm not accusing anybody, but somebody had bitten through the bottom of a 20 litre bag of cat litter. Well, it wasn't me.
3: I want to make that really clear. <laughs> I told you I'm
2: going do it the... again. I told
0: you <laughs> only one time. <laughs> was one time. The
3: inference was strong there, but
0: on this occasion... Nah, nah.
2: And then Jamie's looking at me as if she's completely innocent, and then she starts sweeping it away a bit. You know how they oh. do that. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: They do that thing where
3: they sort of like they scoot it behind them. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah,
2: that
0: that's makes... helped.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had to clean. Up. Luckily, I was feeling a lot better by that point.
2: I had to clean up twenty, more or less, twenty liters of blinking cat litter from the bathroom floor.
3: Oh God! That I mean, it's, it's kittens—the gift that keeps giving, aren't they really? <laughs> Joy <laughs> to the world. <laughs> The kitten has chewed through the cat litter again, <laughs> <laughs> and not urinated in it, but urinated next to it. No, they must have to eat it. I mean, you can't. The thing is, you can't shout at them
0: because they don't. Because they, yeah, they're cause cats, they're cats. they can't get it. Yeah, but do you ever no. do you do the water bottle, the spray thing? That's no, what a lot of cat owners do. I don't do that. And then eventually, you get to the point where you just show the bottle, Right. and
2: then
3: they like, no.
0: No, I've just don't put, put the cat that. litter don't in a that.
2: plastic bag now, in a
3: plastic. Buy okay. one of those tasers. Uh, and every time she chews through the cat litter, you just give them a little cheeky taste. She'll learn yes, there's, quick. A, there's a chance of heart failure, but is that what you do with your kids? She'll remember. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's how I. I taught Danny to make the bed. It works. It works, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
3: everyone. <laughs> I actually got one of those stun poles, you know, the little thing that the police have. From a distance, yeah. Yeah. Maureen's coming over for Christmas, and I've got it in preparation to, like, <laughs> cattle prod her towards the dishwasher after she's eaten. Off the couch.
2: Um, off
0: the couch. Off the couch. <laughs> the dishwasher's oh, over there. I won't what? be allowed to eat on the couch, Alison.
2: There's
3: no way I'm going to be allowed to eat on the couch. No. Yeah. That is never going to happen. No. Well, you know. This sort of, we might allow you to have a quality street or two on the couch, <laughs> morning, but keep it in your mouth. Oh,
2: and I, was in, you was in
3: j- I was in Jersey
2: on Monday. What? Yeah.
3: What were you doing in Jersey? A gig.
2: and um, Bloody
3: hell, that's a way to go for a gig. I
2: know. My plan was obviously to have a look at Jersey. That was the only reason why I said
3: yes. It's the best time to go. December, <laughs> when everything's closed. All the tourist attractions uh, are closed. <laughs> <laughs> a small little island in the Channel. China- I try Best time to visit, I don't know why I'm giving it a West Country accent. <laughs> best time to visit Jersey it's in is in December. Uh, just, I, that's often the time that people say come to this Channel Islands. island uh, um, in
2: December. Anyway, but obviously, we had an early flight. So basically, I actually paid for check early check in and
3: slept. So I never saw anything sing of a, Jersey. So i seeing a theme here, Maureen. <laughs> Most of your uh, trips away or yeah know, green room experiences is or, sleeping uh, it's just you in a room asleep. with other people asleep um so really living the vida loca as always I, know, I fell asleep on the way back um did you this is a surprise to no one <laughs> It's uh, a very short you trip. fell asleep. Well, but did you enjoy, did you enjoy at least the enjoy was the re- gig? The
2: gig was really nice. Really nice venue. Really looked after you. Really nice food. The food was lovely. And they offered me oh. a pudding. So, of course, I was in seventh heaven. Sticky toffee, unless you're wondering. Very, very healthy. No sugar. <laughs> <wondering>. No sugar. <laughs> I I <laughs> was talking no, to, talk like, to Jen. Uh, I to Jen. Sticky toffee.
3: <laughs> sticky toffee, yep. With ice cream. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you scratched that itch because I wouldn't have been able to sleep tonight not knowing what that pudding was. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Um, well great so you had a nice sticky toffee pudding you had a lovely nap and you went to jersey and did a gig (laughs) that was it what a a (laughs) exciting week i've had (laughs) what a trick and tidying up cat litter well it's certainly uh i don't know more exciting than my week i don't know what i've done i have uh, been to uh, take the car to be serviced. Um, <laughs> that's something, isn't it? Yes, it <laughs> I had to is. Go twice because we went once, and then they went, "Oh, something wrong with it." I went, "Oh, do I have to come back?" They were like, "Yeah, you got to come back." So I had to take it back, and uh, then they fixed it. So
0: I really I don't know. Can you beat that, Alison? <laughs> For a week. <laughs> Well, I think I can. My I gave my mom, I gave her a quit. this is my life right now. I don't know if you can see, I have a higher chair because it's a massaging back
3: uh, Ooh, chair thing. Yeah, gadget queen.
0: What's going on though? Where does it massage from and to? Okay, so it goes up to like close to the upper neck and it goes uh-huh. all the way down and it gets in your lower kind of back. Oh, is it area. one of those very aggressive ones where you feel like somebody ha- hates you or is it like no. this? <laughs> No, it's it's all right. It's quite pleasant. I mean, it wasn't the most expensive one, so it's it probably could have more power. It's pretty gentle. But I bought it for my mom two years ago and she doesn't want it. And I just saw it sitting there and I was like, I'm gonna take that now. Back. What she can't take that back to Manchester. Oh no, because I can't plug it in. But I mean by take it back, I mean put it downstairs in my domain. Uh, <laughs> oh, domain. I see. Uh-huh. Right. In your the Downstairs dungeon. is my yeah, domain. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm gotcha. slowly building it into my own little flat. So right now I have a microwave, I've got an air fryer, uh, all I need wow. is a mini fridge and I don't even have to go upstairs. Kate. You absolutely need to get a mini fridge.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could just put it outside, couldn't you, in, in December, put your stuff. I suppose you know so. How, how cold is it in Calgary at the
0: moment? Right now, I am very surprised. This is one of the warmest ones we've had. It is one degree. It's oh, not even God. like Get in your, the minuses, yeah. It's yeah. it'sy bitsy, teeny weeny
3: polka dot bikini. So, so I, I I did know. that in Vienna because
2: we, we had a German woman who used to steal all our food.
3: So I used to, in Vienna
2: you have like two windows. It's like they're double glazing, yes. and I used to yeah. put my food and in used between. To leave
3: the, it in between, yeah. yeah. Didn't need a fridge. Well, something to think about this Christmas when your fridge will inevitably fill up, and people yeah. won't be able to like. It's a it's a thing, isn't it? This is an yeah. actual thing. You you you've, no one's fridge is big enough for Christmas. You've yep. got people coming over. You've got to fill that fridge up with stuff. So take more in and Alison's advice. Just leave some of it outside. Obviously, don't leave like the turkey outside because be the golden. foxes will get it. But you know, things in a bottle like your beers and your booze and your booze for sure can stay outside. Sure. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff you can leave it outside. <laughs> Look, we're all we're we're listening. We're learning. We're learning. We're growing. This is what this podcast has offered right from the get go. <laughs> Uh, and for those of you that've been listening from the beginning, um, phew, wow! Maybe You've you lo- need a medal. Congratulations <laughs> You've learned and thank a you. Lot. <laughs> well, we all had weeks. Um, I actually also—I just remembered—I did do something, and I ought to talk about something I've done because otherwise, it's week to week, me just saying nothing. I went to a friend's fiftieth birthday. How about that? How was there it? There we go. Was it good? It was great. But what occurred, as always? The trains. So there's been a couple uh, of things with the trains. I don't want to keep talking about it, she said. Talking about it. Talking about talking it. About it. <laughs> but um, I, look, all, all the trains at the moment, as we are recording this, um, are a bit up the spout. So um, every day this week, the tr- various different train lines are going on strike But uh, and so don't have any service and every other train line has a limited service, but we'll be offering a service. Well, they are offering a service, but it's not a very good service. So anyway, we got halfway to my friend's 50th birthday. And I said to Chloe, did you check to see about trains back? And she said, no. And I said, I think we need to check how we're going to get home. And uh, there were no trains (laughs) coming back. (laughs) We could get to London, but we couldn't get home. So um, it was a very, very dear friend of mine. There was a bit of Chloe and I where we were like, well, we cut what we we're going to do because we had to get back because of the children, and um, we, we we paid for a cab
0: from London.
3: <gasps> mm-hmm.
0: From London to Brighton. Okay, yeah. Can I ask? I am curious. And Chloe really has
3: sphincter Was so. Oh,
2: because yeah, that uh, Chloe would not have enjoyed that spending that. No, that but she. Well, it wasn't. wasn't no, no, I knew it'd be. You. No. be
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit like when Maureen's like, I can't believe we're spending. I'm like, we're not. Um, I am. So you don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to worry. This is an it's one thing me and have in common. Yeah, both of you get upset when you're not losing any money. Um, yeah, but we got a cap back, and do you know what? It was expensive, but it was. Uh, it was about. It was a lot less than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a lot less. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it's a ridiculous amount of money, but it was worth it because it was friend's 50th and i've barely seen her all year and it just felt like a really shitty thing just to go do you know what we can't because we can't get home so i was like let's just sling some money at the wall we've got a cab yep. back and yep. do you know what even at the end chloe was like this is brilliant we haven't had to worry about when we're going home <laughs> yeah we've that's slipped true. straight into a cab yep, dropped at your door she fell asleep instantly
0: oh. woke up
3: we're at home. She's oh. like, I literally. I thought we were still in London. I went, no, babe, we're in Brighton. Ba ba bim, ba ba boom. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was a real treat. And yeah. um, I, I mean, I won't be doing it very often. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it felt uh, as a one off. Well, it felt quite luxurious. Yeah, I mean, it is luxurious. Dare I say? <laughs> well, it and is you, luxurious, but also it was the only option we had. Or, or, or obviously, we had another option, which was to, to go to go home <laughs> to get a cat to go all the way to London and get back on the last train home, which was at eight o'clock. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes, but there we are. That's this infrastructure of this country post Brexit. It's really good. We're, we're,
0: we're floating to the surface. It was a complete success, that Brexit.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that's, that's our week's over and done with. So let's head back to Maureen Younger because she has had a, a, yet another moment it is a Be More Mooring moment, and we want to find out all about it. I messaged
2: Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes.
3: <laughs> and I was like, sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it's oh. fine in the end, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Mooring. <laughs>
2: One and I don't think I've done it. I, I, I just remembered because I was talking to an old friend about it. So I was staying at my friend Mickey's parents, and they were they're kind of very kind of upper middle class. Everything's done very properly, you know. It's a it's a really beautifully laid out dinner, you know, and all this and um very nicely done. And um for some reason, and I couldn't figure out why, my coaster kept falling in my dinner, right, and it would just. Every, all the food would go everywhere. So I remember like a roast potato, that really pissed me off. A roast potato went on the carpet and the dog ate it. And it just kept splashing. My food, I, I couldn't figure out how. The coaster kept falling into my food, right?
3: I, I, I do know this one. And
2: um, luckily James, <laughs> who was sitting opposite me, got up. And I hadn't clicked that my glass was so dirty, the coaster was stuck to the bottom of my glass. So every time I drank something, the coaster would then fall off the glass and fall into my food, but I hadn't cottoned that on. So he came up, cleaned the bottom of my glass, and then it it didn't happen anymore, basically.
3: Right. Why was your glass in a very posh person's house so dirty? I don't know. I must have spilled something. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say, if that happens once, you're like, oh. No, I just couldn't figure out how the coaster got there. What on earth? didn't know how the coaster w- no but you could see that it was there no i didn't look at the bottom of my glass did i i was just drinking so you didn't know it was a coaster
2: no i knew it was a coaster but i didn't realize it was cl- stuck to the bottom of my glass you just every oh, time you look down oh, it reappeared right. in your food got and you're got you, like
3: got you okay. so every time you put your glass down you picked it up you're like what the hell's going on with this coaster and why does it keep sticking to my yeah. glass no no but y- why is it in my
2: no. food
0: i didn't realize oh, it was, was stuck
2: it? to my glass
0: Oh, i couldn't my. figure
2: out how the coaster got right. to the middle of my couldn't dinner figure that out wow. so then you'd
0: pick okay. it up put it on the table and put your glass back on top of it yeah so and the then food yeah it would keep sticking i see so sneeze. what did you think it was
2: a poltergeist or... <laughs> i didn't i wasn't there wasn't a lot of thought going on i just wanted to eat my dinner didn't i <laughs> yeah i mean
3: i look yeah there's no
2: yeah yeah, I and mean, that's I, only when he cleaned the glass. Then I realised that
3: that was what was happening—that the, the coaster uh, was stuck. Uh, right, okay. Because if you, if you still didn't realise after that, <laughs> we, we'd have to have had an intervention, and uh, I don't know who was going to do that. It wouldn't be me, Alison. Just to be clear, um, so, <laughs> I think I well. mean I, I, Maureen. I, I don't. I don't want to analyse this too much. No, because it is. It's, it, there's no point. Um, but. Um, I do find it strange that when a coaster falls into your food again and again, yeah. you don't make the connection that because your glass is on the coaster and when you pick up the glass, the coaster finds itself magically in your food, that you don't make the, the A to B connection with that. No, I didn't make any connection. No, you didn't make any connection. Okay, fine. Well, let's <laughs> as I said, let's not, analyze, let's not drill down. Um, let's accept it. Let's absorb it. Let's move on from it. Moirin, um, that was a Beemle <laughs> Moirin moment. Yeah. It's very much thematically...
0: Uh, on brand. On... On brand. Yes, yeah. yes,
3: exactly. It's on brand, and that's what we're here for. And, I, in fact, often I'm disappointed when you don't offer me full on-brand Beemle awards. Today is the day that you have offered that to me. I should be grateful we've got that right Alison yeah sometimes more recently Maureen's been coming to things and we've gone
0: well no so anyone could do that that's uh, I could see
3: how that happened that does I mean that kind of makes sense don't you know but again we're back in the room with what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) and so I feel like because it's we were get we were were on dangerous ground for a few episodes as we're heading towards Maureen making sense but Boom! The last few episodes, we're back in the room again where she's absolutely batshit. Maureen, thank you very much for your Be My Maureen moment. Of course it makes no sense. Let's never speak of it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I love the image of your friend watching you. I wonder how long he, they were like... It was a few attempts. Will she, will she figure this out? No. Will
2: she? No. 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 Oh.
0: I... Mean, <laughs> It would have been a great video. It would have been and a great it was video. Such and a it was...
2: posh, you know, like her, yes. her father was a wing have... commander in the Second World War. Do you know what right. I mean? It's... Yeah, double barrel name. I, I mean, it's... I love it. Double...
3: Everybody in the room knew what was going on, apart from me. Exactly. So ev- everybody was nudging each other, going, "What is she doing with that?" <laughs> and fortunately, your friend went and. Someone needs to tell her. She's already lost a like, roast potato. I
2: don't use coasters at home. So, you know, that's your own fault
3: if you're having coasters, isn't it, really? Yeah. Oh, of course. Absolutely. What were they thinking? They had cutlery. They had um, coasters. <laughs> I'm not bothered with cutlery, am I? Because I'd, I'd rather use them. I know. My hands. I've
0: seen you eating with your hands, love. Which is probably why the joy. coaster was sticky. But anyway, oh, yeah, we will. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah <that's laughs> that. Picking up roast potatoes off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not letting the dog have that. <laughs> No, the
3: dog's a lot quicker than me, bastard. Yeah, well, on this on this one occasion, but I wouldn't. If, if a second r- roast potato uh, fell on the floor, my money would be on you, really? already, not the dog. you. It's almost one eighth of the dinner. Get in there. Yeah. Yeah, that dog might get you once, but never yeah. again. No. Okay, Maureen, thank you very much for being one more in a moment. It's time for us to head back to Alison because, uh, as always, her bag full of problems is over. Oh, it, it overfloweth. It
1: does.
3: Uh, and and it is time to for all of us to
0: ask go to the gym get it together pay your taxes and stop eating chips take my advice take my advice cause I ain't using it No, no 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 take my advice I ain't using it okay this is a good one for this time of year. Uh, we're we're about to all feel a little financial pinch, so I appreciate this this uh, problem that was written in. Reminder: I'm not a professional therapist. Don't necessarily take my opinions. These are just some uh, some ideas to help you get through some problems that you're going through. So, how do I deal with someone who keeps owing me money? We've all Ooh, had this. Yeah. Face. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I'm triggering Maureen. Yeah. So I've got a friend that likes, uh, I like doing things with, whether it be going out for lunch, watching movies, etc. The thing is, every time we go out and the bill comes, she would say, can you pay first and I'll transfer the funds electronically? I say, fine, and I pay. The thing is, she doesn't pay back or she says she forgets. Eventually, I end up making a list of the things I've paid for. I then chase her every month for it and it gets awkward because I feel bad chasing and then the cycle starts again. I understand if she's hard up on cash or having a hard time making ends meet, but I've seen her make unnecessary purchases. I mean, it's her money. She can do whatever she wants with it, but I think it is unfair that she splurges on things she thinks are necessities when I have to chase her every month for payment. I suppose I could let it go by not asking for payment, but I work hard for that money, and I've got to pay my bills, too. The concerning thing is I am not the only victim. Another friend has come to me to ask if she was doing okay financially. Am I being an arsehole? What should I do? Okay. No, you're not. You're not being an arsehole. You're not being an arsehole. Someone's taking you for an arsehole. (laughs) Yeah. Someone is, is, you know, doing, yeah. So the first thing I'm going to say is, have they ever heard of Apple Pay? I bet you this friend never forgets their phone when they go out. So, you know, maybe it's time to introduce them to the world of Apple Pay. But look, in all honesty, you were like, oh, she makes unnecessary purchases. Have you had a conversation with her asking, is everything okay? Sometimes when people are going through things, they tend to overspend. They're bad with money. So my first thought is, how about having a conversation to see if your friend's doing all right? There might be something else at the heart of it. All right? Maybe she's going through something. Maybe she's struggling with something. I'm just putting that out there. Sometimes when we approach it that way, that is a more delicate way to approach it. Is everything okay? I notice that when we go out a lot, sometimes you know you need me to front, which is fine. And then I'm paying you back, but just want to make sure everything's okay in your life, right? Then you're starting with a concerned friend aspect. All right. So I'm just putting that out there. I think the key thing for this is you got to be honest. When it comes to money, you are going to hold resentment and anger and frustration, and it's going to affect the friendship. So I think honesty is the key. If if this is a constant occurrence and your friend has no excuse, just have a sit down with them and, and Sam, I can't keep affording to pick up the tab. Like, honesty is the key. If this is a true friend, you can just say, look, I just, I can't keep doing this. I love you with all my heart and soul. I love spending time with you, but this is, it's almost happening every single time. I think have an honest conversation, okay? But if you really can't bring yourself to speak to someone directly about it, because sometimes people can't, here are some alternative ways to maybe get around it, okay? So here's some crafty things I thought about. Uh, When you make plans, why don't you start saying that you're in a budget and go, where are we going to go? Great. I looked at the meals. They're about this much. I'm just trying to budget. So I'm just going to bring that much to, you know, so you were discussing ahead of time. All right. Uh, that way, when you get there and she shows up and she doesn't have the money, you've already had a pre-discussion about it. Right. And you're framing it like you're watching your money. It's not an attack on her. Okay. Again, these are passive ways of discussing it. If you don't want to go directly, Uh, how about instead of meeting at a bar, going out to dinner, how about you do dinners at at one another's houses? Hey, can you pick up the groceries on the way over to mine? I'll come to you pre-discuss. Maybe you each split the groceries, maybe something like that. So you're avoiding doing activities that involve a lot of money. Should we go for a walk in the, in the blah, blah, blah. Should we, I don't know, just putting that out there at a restaurant ask for separate checks immediately when they come around and they just be like, no problem. Uh, and we'll split these. So you can give me that. And it might be rude, but like, Hey, if you can't discuss money with your friend, this is a way of pointing out I'm not going to keep paying for your side of things. Maybe mention to them, it's their time to treat. Hey, I'd love to go out for dinner. Is this time? Is it your treat this time? Cause I covered last time be direct with it, say it, let the moocher know right out of the gates that if we're doing this activity, you're paying for it, I will not be paying for it. You know, I I think these are some delicate ways that you can broach it. But I think you are getting taken for a bit of a ride, especially if it is with another friend. But again, I always approach it first, is there something else going on? Right? As a concerned friend, I would directly have a conversation about money. Uh, But if you can't, those are a few other ways that you can dance around the subject. And, and if they don't respond well to all this, well, then you know what? Maybe it's time to cut your losses. I don't want to be cruel, but eventually you got to go. Is this worth it financially and emotionally? It's stressful. You feel bad doing it every time. So that's my advice. Those are my thoughts. Do you ladies have anything else you want to add?
2: Yeah, I think often people rely on the fact that people feel embarrassed asking. Because if you lend money, you know, when you ask for it back, you're always the bitch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're the bad person. I remember when I was temping once, this girl borrowed money from everyone, including me. And I just went up to her and said, right, I want my money. Um, I'll come with you to the um, cash point at lunchtime if you like. And she went, no, I'll, I'll give it to you this afternoon. And I got my money back. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that's what people, she's probably, and she probably thinks her friend can afford it. You know, people think, well, they've got money. Um, they can afford it. And if she's if she's used to doing that she gets away with it, she'll just keep on doing it. If the bill comes up, go, oh, no, well, we'll just we'll just pay for our own. Yeah.
0: And you're doing yourself a favor because if she doesn't like it and she doesn't want to hang out anymore, no problem. Maybe she doesn't realize how obnoxious this is and maybe it'll make her think about things twice. But, yeah, Maureen, I'm, I'm with you. I would just be direct about it, especially if it's happening more than a few times. I mean, look, we've all forgotten our wallets, but there's a point where you're like, uh, come on. Now. I mean, who doesn't have their Card in numerous other, I mean,
3: yeah, more in a side, <laughs> but everyone's got their cards on like, on their phone Google or, whatever, pay or on yeah. their phone or so. Even if you forget your wallet, if you have your phone with you, you can pay for anything. Mm-hmm. So, the very idea that she, oh, I'll back it to you. Well, if you've got the money in your bank account, get your phone out and pay for it now. I, I, I don't mind paying for people, I absolutely you, you, don't you mind do it
2: a, a lot, actually.
3: But, well, I don't mind if it's a friend. I don't, either. I don't. I absolutely absolutely, don't mind, but I will offer to pay. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, but if there is an expectation that people go, oh, Jen, I'll pay. I'm going to, eventually I'm going to go, well... Actually, I'm not. I'm not. Do do you know what I mean? No. I don't mind paying, particularly now where I'm in a position where I'm making more money. I remember when I didn't have money, and I didn't have money for (laughs) most of my life. So I know how that feels, and it's really can be very stressful these situations can be very stressful going out for dinner going out for drinks when you're like oh my god check my bank balance have I got any money and so if I'm with my friends I don't want them to think about that sort of thing I want them to just enjoy themselves but equally I think when you're both in the same boat why would one person be the person to be expected to pay for everything it kind of shows a lack of at best self-awareness yeah. And at worst, respect, really, for her friendship and her, yeah. and the people in her life. And I think it's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. I think you just need to, we all just need to be a little bit more aware. And particularly if your friend is dropping hints. You should, oh, my God. If anyone dropped a hint to me, I would be mortified. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Did I forget to pay you? Of course, I'll pay you straight away. Yeah. And that does happen, doesn't it? Like sometimes Tell something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you forget. And you're like, I know I said I'd pay you been so busy let me pay you now but to continually do it over and over again and then to say that you're going to pay and then to not pay and then to turn up again and then expect you to pay is kind of like well you know
2: that sounds like it's a her modus
3: operandi you know what i mean that's what she does yeah. with everyone oh i love that you said modus operandi <laughs> i don't think people say that enough
0: <laughs> it should be said more modus up op- is it operandi why did i was it, it
3: operandi was... i don't know modus operandi who knows that doesn't sound right either Modus sounds right. So you got that bit right. Anyway, the point is, I think, I think Maureen's right. I think she's, look, I'm not going to say that she's a grifter. No. But I think she's onto something and it's working for her. And she probably unconsciously isn't thinking about changing her behaviour. And if you bring it up, that might be the catalyst for her to do that. And yeah. if it doesn't, as Alison said, well, maybe she needs to go and find someone else to go out with. Yeah. You don't want to have to, like, carry her financially it's not fair on you and no. you're not an asshole at all just to be clear I know we said yeah. that at the top but just to just to double down on that and Maureen is right that whole idea that if you're waiting for someone to pay you that you're the asshole. no I'm Mm-mm. afraid not yeah um great advice Alison once again and from Maureen Younger thank you very much for your advices well done <laughs> WTB listeners, just a little note to say, Uh, please do pre-order my special, The Optimist, which is out on the 21st of November. You can pre-order it now. It will also come with an audio version of my previous show, Underprivileged. It's through £800 Gorilla and you can get it uh, and find out all the information in the show notes or on my website or on my Instagram or on my
2: Facebook Hi WTV listeners, I don't have a special coming out and I'm not going on tour, at least not for the moment due to popular demand but I do have a book and it's Christmas so come on, what what more could you want? It's uh, called Prisms of My Life It's the main character in a lot of the short stories is somebody called M God knows who she could be just my vivid
0: imagination at play again and you can get it via Amazon link will be in the show notes Hey, UKWTB listeners, Uh, I am so excited as I am going on my very first UK tour. Take a look at my website and see when my show, Little Smith Sunshine, might be coming to you. uh, Starting in January, February, Um, and I'm sure I'm going to add more dates. Speaking of which, if you want me to come to you, let me know where you think I should perform next. You can get tickets at my website, www.alisonjunesmith.com, and that will be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to meet you all.
3: Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. uh, Sorry. (laughs) Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. (laughs) Let us now look forward into the not-so-distant future, which is the present, as we speak to one and all that is listening a thing on their radio, telephone, earphones, in their kitchen, bedrooms, bathrooms, cars, about what we have been watching, and we shall impart this information so that they too can watch it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> wow, that was very complicated. That's <laughs> too much. That, <laughs> too that much. intro's going to be longer than the actual section. But anyway, I mean, uh, uh, way too
3: much. I, I'm, okay, Maureen, before you say what you've been watching, I'm. I wonder if you've been watching the same thing that I've been watching. Been Let's watching.
2: find out. I don't. I don't think it's this. It's actually a documentary on BBC. Four-part documentary. Oh, no, two-part documentary. Was it? Four, two-part... Anyway, I can't remember. It's various... (laughs) It's a a documentary. It's three parts. Three parts got it completely (laughs) wrong. All right. Uh, It's called Julius Caesar, The Making of a Dictator. And it's... Oh, this sounds good. It's really good. About how he basically... Uh, dismantled five centuries of roman democracy in just 16 years just because he couldn't get, he was he was ruthless he was obviously very intelligent very uh, gifted but he didn't care about you know the roman roman constitution had been built so had been written in a way to make sure that nobody could become king that nobody could take power just by themselves and he basically did and it it's just like you were saying about that program the other week it just reminds you of current of what's been going on is that he couldn't give yeah. a shit about the rules and he just broke them. Just broke them. And you know, I remember waiting for Johnny the Sixth thinking, is Trump gonna just stay in power? Is American democracy fucked because you know the american the people who wrote the american constitution yeah. did exactly the same thing they didn't want a king and they ensured that the constitution was writ- written in such a way that no one man could take power and if you'd said about 10 years ago that, that it would have been a possibility you would have just been laughed at and i remember waiting for i was so tense before January the sixth going is american democracy bound to go up the up the swanee because you know all you need is one guy who doesn't give a fuck i mean admittedly julius yeah. uh, trump is no julius caesar who doesn't give a fuck, who just ignores the rules and, you know, you you basically got a, a dictatorship. I mean, yes, Julius Caesar was stabbed to death, so he didn't really enjoy it for very long. But, you know, that kind of triggered the the emperors. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because you've got not just um, historians talking, you've got people like Rory Stewart who's talking...
3: He's about... obsessed with Julius Caesar, Rory Stewart. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed. Talking
2: about, you know, because he uh, what he did was amazing, but he was so... Utterly ruthless. So, like you had two consuls who were like in like the main bigwigs in Roman power, and he actually had the other consul beaten up, covered in shit. I mean, this was just something that was unheard of and just and just laughed about it. You know, it is quite frightening because, you know, you think also about Britain. We we, we don't have a written constitution, uh, as you know, infamously We don't have a Bill of Rights. We don't have a Bill of Rights. But, um, you know you there was always an idea, and that now you just see it with the present government just everything being chipped away because there's an understanding that people will behave in a certain way yeah. that you, you you act in a certain way, and that everything. well that's the rule of law isn't well, yeah. it that's the idea of that you know, you know, and then you just get people who will try and change the law, so you' now got a, coming into this country where the government can spy on people's bank accounts if they take um benefits including pensions which isn't a benefit it's a right so anyone on a pension there you know their bank accounts can be spied on i mean it's yeah. it's it and it is quite scary because you just think this is we don't seem to learn from history you know if you'd said to a roman the idea that you'd have an emperor or you'd be ruled by emperors it would they would just laughed and then of course you know julius caesar comes in and then he starts these you know it starts it all off so it's a really interesting so it's dramatized then you've got people
3: talking about everything i'd really recommend it it's on the bbc iplayer i i really want to see that i didn't know that they had that i i think um uh there's always a there's been parallels been been made before about the way trump is trying to dismantle democracy in the states and julius caesar Hmm. Um, I think you're right. The comparisons might end there because <laughs> Julius Caesar was an incredibly charismatic and um, and a
2: wily politician and a, and a, a very a general. Yes.
3: A, a, yes, all of those things. And um, can I just uh, say also
2: he was quite he was, a, he was such a bright as well. He was bright, but he committed so many uh, he so many war atrocity, atrocities. Even the Romans were
3: shocked in Gaul. So oh, wow. you know, you're like that must have been quite. He's a psychopath, basically. Yeah. Great. Um, well. That sounds really fascinating, Maureen, and I I definitely will want to watch that. I'll check that out for sure. It's really well done. three parts is very manageable, isn't it? We can all agree. Yeah. I think all documentaries should be just three parts. What does all this ten episodes And
2: and also, it's not just talking heads. I think it always helps when you've got a bit of, you know, you're watching a bit of drama.
3: Yes. makes it more palatable. Yes, Well, it just makes it a bit more sort of, you can kind of connect to it on a... a, Mm. I like a little bit of soap opera because that's what a lot of that Roman history is when you look back at it and with all the... The deep, you know, the backstabbing and the, the, you know, duplicity. You're like, well, wow, this is like a brilliant soap opera. This is like, you know, Succession. But you know, and in the there's a Roman guy times. in there
2: called Cato, which I, I kind of think it was, I got confused with Cassius, but who was warning against uh, Julius Caesar and was such a. What happened to him? Ah, um, he was so he was into the Republic, was really a man of principle. He basically stabbed him, he stabbed himself to death and ripped out his own entrails in, in front of his son well i mean you know
3: sometimes it's good to back up your principles isn't it and
2: <laughs> i mean that is somebody who's really of...
3: principled isn't it i was like oh no i wouldn't do it. i wouldn't so, be that principle oh, boring we can't get you on a march we're not gonna be having you pulling out your entrails <laughs> blimey they're, they're quite extreme aren't they those romans wow. a yep. sort of, you know you know what the italians are like they're very emphatic people um yeah well that sounds really interesting and I'd definitely like to check that out um, and I didn't know that was that was happen- you know that was on and I also I find that part of history quite fascinating and it's and I don't think I know that re- really that much about roman history I do I knew I know a certain amount of julius caesar just because he has this sort of mythology mm. behind his time and the start of the emperors, and you know what his reign meant and that sort of thing. But I don't really know a great deal about what happened before, so that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, he his effect on modern modern democ-
2: uh, modern world. I mean, we still use the calendar. The calendar was was out of sync. Yes, and he was such a
3: micromanager. He basically reinvented the calendar. That's what ju- ju- they didn't have July. Yeah,
2: Julius is no July is named after July is named after Julius Caesar.
3: Oh. Yeah. oh, look at that! Again, we're we're listening and we're learning. This is an incredible podcast. Why isn't this ever being nominated for anything?
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, the educational oh. purposes. Uh, is it the Romans? Okay, Maureen, correct me. Was it the Romans? I took this in theater school that were the uh, overindulgers that had like the vomitorium in that, yeah. or was that the Greeks? It was the Romans, Romans that were like the party, party, party. Okay, and then the Greeks yeah. came in and were like, let's get some structure here. Let's well, no, the Greeks were before get rid the Romans. Of the vomitorium. Oh, I think the Greeks did. Don't worry. They party, they
3: party, party partied as well.
0: Vomitoriumed as well. Okay. Yeah.
3: I don't know if they vomitoriumed, but they definitely, they weren't, they didn't, they were okay with the party, the Greeks, as far as I remember. Okay. I'm not, yeah. I'll am say as I remember. I wasn't there. I don't even, I'm not that old. I'm not that old.
0: Human behavior is oh. cyclical. We're almost at the vomitorium stage again, everyone. I'm real excited <laughs> for when that kicks in. Right? Oh, <laughs> People yeah. running out midway through the comedy shows to go puke so they can yeah. eat more. All right, good times. Remember Jonglers in Nottingham? I think yeah. they, they were do, very do. much <laughs> in the vom- vomitorium uh,
3: Portsmouth <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, um, that's a great recommendation. Thanks, Warren. I will check that out. BBC, and that's uh, presumably I don't know where you would watch it if you don't live in the UK, but if you do live in the U- United it's the Kingdom, it is on the old iPlayer. Um. I wasn't sure if you've started watching the third series of Slow Horses. No, because I don't have Apple TV, but I will be when I come and stay at yours. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. It starts with a bang. Does it? Yeah, because like, I think the other two series were were, were, were brilliant, by the way, but but was sort of a little bit more... They took a while to... to, to, to The
2: first episode to... of the first series was amazing. You know when Heathrow, when the, he did a lot of running?
3: I know, but then it all happened that it was... <laughs> It wasn't, anyway I don't want to give anything away in case you haven't been watching it But yes, it does have that very big But the first episode Of the third series is uh, Pa-pow From the get-go And as we are recording this There's only three episodes out I'm sure by the time this goes out there'll be more episodes out But uh, we've talked about Slow Horses on this show before Because Maureen and I have, have, have been watching it since the first series And I just really, really like it so much. And I think all of the characters are, are are brilliant. I think the writing, we talked about the writer Will Smith, who used to be a stand-up comedian. Um, excellent stand-up comedian. It, it's excellent writing. Um, and Gary Oldman is, is in his element, just having the time of his life, playing this old, Slob. cynical, slobby, but... Fingers on the pulse, fi- finger on every pulse, spy. And yeah, it's just it's just thoroughly enjoyable television and just compulsive. I think when when you come, Maureen, you'll you'll zip through that series. yeah because the episodes are about 40 minutes. So they're not too long either. That is my big recommendation for for this week is if you haven't started watching Slow Horses, it's worth getting Apple TV just to watch it because it's brilliant. And then do what, do what. Do what? Do that thing where you get a month. Free trial. You binge it in a month and then you ditch it. Oh you didn't God. hear me say that. But. I
0: never even thought of that. I've never even had Apple TV.
3: Yeah, well, just do that. <laughs> Jack Loudon, who plays the young guy, is also very good in it. Yes, he reminds me of Simon Pegg. Can't yeah, get that out of my head. A little bit. Better looking Simon Pegg. Okay. Well, we don't want to comment on, you know. No offence, Simon. Yes, no offense, but yeah, because Simon. Simon will love, be listening to this. We love everything that you're doing.
0: I, you is. never He's, know You he never like,
3: know who's listening everyone's, everyone's listening to something Maureen There's absolutely no reason why Simon Pegg wouldn't want to listen to Three, But as I'm saying this I can see Where, <laughs> where the <there's> whole <laughs> argument is <horrible. laughs> So those are our recommendations But let's go to Alison What is on the horror
0: menu Yeah, okay, so I was thinking about Money things uh, and, and financial And so I am choosing a movie 2009 called drag me to hell. All right. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, I'm Googling. Christine Brown has a loving boyfriend and a great job at a Los Angeles bank, but her heavenly life becomes hellish when in an effort to impress her boss, she denies an old woman's request for an extension on her home loan. In retaliation, the crone places a curse on Christine, threatening her soul with an eternal damnation. Christine seeks a psychic's help to break the curse, but the price to save her soul may be more than she can pay. I see Maureen is riveted; she's on the end of her seat. She wants to see this. Is this is this a is this is this a
3: kind of like a parody it is a horror comedy. comedy? Oh, it's a comedy, right? It's a horror comedy. Sorry, absolutely
0: okay. a horror comedy. It is, uh, it is not, I'm not going to say it is, uh, I mean, there's some jump scares. It's not too gory, but it is, the quote was, disgustingly delightful. And I agree. Alex, have you seen it? I see Alex nodding. Did you see Drag Me to Hell?
2: I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen clips. I saw the bit with the, the parking garage. Oh my God, it's, it's horrific. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. It oh, is. really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's just a laugh, everyone. It's ridiculous. If you want a no brainer, okay. Um, there's a lot of slapstick within it. Uh, I thought Alison does a great job of playing the character of Christine.
1: Um, okay.
0: Yeah, Jen, what have you looked it up? I see Jen looking up. What does Rotten Tomatoes I- say about it? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Well, I'm I'm coming to that because I was just checking out Alison.
0: So, it, look, it gets really good
3: reviews. It's 92% of Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Thank you. Which we've all decided we're not sure if we agree with. Yeah. It's 4.2 on Amazon. So that's just people watching it, giving it marks out of five. And it gets on IMDb, which is often the hardest one. It gets, about, it gets 6.6. So actually, it gets some very good reviews. And wow, for a horror film, it didn't do badly. It made 90.8 million at the box office. Yeah. That's a good chunk of cash, isn't
0: it? Honestly, for, uh... it was really well made. It was made uh, by um who is the gentleman who did Spider-Man? So it was after Spider-Man. So he is uh, Sam Raimi, yeah. Sam Raimi, yeah. And he he does a great job. The visuals of it, I mean it's beautifully, it's so colorful and lovely and I mean I don't I'm talking about a horror movie, I know, but the filming is just excellent. So I I highly recommend this. I Drag highly me to hell, which yeah. you can actually get Oh, you won't be surprised to
3: hear um amazon prime in amazon the uk uh, it's to rent though you can't it's not it's not a prime uh, one but you can rent it on on there or you can rent it on youtube i think as well so yeah. i think that's probably universal wherever you are if you want to watch that uh, for a couple of quid Alison, thank you very much for that recommendation i'm not sure because it, it i'm sure it is a comedy horror but it does actually look really spooky
0: I mean look yeah there's some spooky stuff but it, there's usually a comedic element right after it like it, yeah right
3: just to cut the tension okay. absolutely all right absolutely all right yeah well yeah. if that's up your alley drag me to hell watch it wherever you get your laptop <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay Maureen <sighs> we're going back to you aren't we because the corner has been cultured it has been it's it's it's, it's rumbling. It's jumbling. <laughs> it's a, it's a mix of it's a mish. It's a mash. It's a board. It's a schmalkers. It's a it's a bish. It's a bash. It's a bosh. Oh, dear. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you, Bristol. Um, this one's gonna have a bit of a Scottish flavour because John Byrne died uh, on the 30th of November, St. Andrew's Day. And he was a Scottish playwright, screenwriter, artist and designer. Um, a lot of his paintings are based on self-portraits or um, portraits. He did printmaking as well as album cover designs for bands such as The Beatles. He also wrote The Slab Boys Trilogy, which is a play which explores working class life in Scotland. I've never seen it, but that's his most well-known play. And it was about working class uh, Glaswegian teenagers and launched the careers of several young actors, including Robbie Coltrane. And apparently the Broadway production, I don't think they were speaking Glaswegian, included Kevin Bacon, Sean Penn and Val Kilmer. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> so,
2: wow! So when they were young, I mean, I don't know if they were doing the Glaswegian accents, and then but uh, what became he became really famous. And I remember this was Tutti Fruity, which was a television series. Oh,
3: with Robbie Coltrane, with Robbie
2: Coltrane and Emma Thompson. I think it was the first and big, Emma Thompson first yes, big thing that Emma that. Thompson did, and it was really it's really like the 80s. yes, it was eighty seven about a rock and roll band. It won a lot. Of, it won six Baftas. Uh, it, it
3: it it was very so well, Yeah, that. it was what really
2: did... really funny. Yeah, and Richard Wilson was their exasperated manager. This rock band, as you can imagine, he was brilliant in the role. And then in nineteen ninety, had a, he did a TV series called Your Cheatin' Heart, which was set in Glasgow, the country music scene in Glasgow, starring John Gordon Sinclair, Kane Stott, and Tilda Swinton, who he later married. And but his theatre designs included uh, the Great Northern Welly Boot Show, which was for the uh, Billy Connolly. In 1972, yeah. Billy Connolly, if you're not British, he's one of the Britain's greatest comedy stand-ups. And he also designed the show Posters, which included the um, big pair of yellow banana boots that Connolly was famous for in the early yeah. days. Oh,
3: I didn't know that. Yep.
2: And then he became a designer for um, 784, which is a brilliant Scottish theatre company. And the 784, I think, stands for 7% of the British population or 7% of the population own 84% of Scottish land.
0: Wow.
2: That's what, what it was called 784. It's probably now 284 or something, but uh, oh, whatever, whatever yeah. it is, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean.
0: 299, he, yeah.
2: Yeah, he did the reg- he did design for the, which I've talked about earlier, with at the Stag and the Black Black Oil, which was a fa- is a fantastic political play, which starred the likes of Bill Patterson. He also adapted Gurgles, which is a great play, The Government is- is Inspector. And, um, yeah, a very interesting guy. And also, while we're there, I thought we should mention um, Alistair Gray, who wrote Lanark, which I haven't I haven't read this. It. It's meant to be amazing. It's a life in four books, and it's the first novel of Scottish writer Alistair Gray, written over a period of almost 30 years, and it's kind of combines realist and dystopian surrealist depictions of his home city of Glasgow. And Anthony Burgess called Gray the best Scottish novelist since Walter Scott, which is quite impressive. And it's been called, um, this has become a cult classic, and the Garden Held in as is one of the landmarks of 20th century fiction, and I was going to use, suggest it for book club, but it's 592 pages, so I thought I, thought I won't. <laughs> Maybe that's, I won't suggest it for book club. Boring, but that's that's just for you. That's just for me, because there'd be nobody. Nobody would turn up. There would just be me talking to myself. <laughs> so, book club listeners, fear not. It will not be unless I want to finish book club once and for all. Then I'll make that the book month, book of the month. Um. Mm. And I went to buy it and I just thought, you know, I've got a lot of books. I'll just leave it for the time being. Uh, oh, wow.
3: Maureen, that's some self-restraint there. And, uh, wow. I have, isn't
2: it? I have bought about two or three books this week already. So, I mean, you know. Okay. okay. Well, no.
3: you, you are allowed to buy books. Maureen. I know, but
2: I mean, I, they are piling up. <laughs> and then uh, just last note, talking about Scotland, Kirsty Walk has got a series on uh, BBC Sounds called Written in Scotland. And it's a four-part series about the relationship the Scottish writers have with Scotland itself. It deals with nationalism and unionism, rural Scotland, urban Scotland, language and class. I listened to the first one, and that's mainly about Walter Scott, who if you think of, how foreigners think of Scotland is basically how Scott invented Scotland. Walter Scott really reinvented Scotland uh, for the uh, for the visit of the king, and so you know this idea that clan tartans—it's all bollocks. There were no such thing as clan tartans. He in- oh. he invented that. So, so before
3: clans didn't have
2: a tartan. No, you you have a tartan, but you'd use what's what's locally available, wouldn't you? Whatever dyes oh, you'd so have. So you
3: didn't have a specific. No,
2: that was all bullshit. Oh. But um,
3: oh, wow. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, know yeah. That.
2: So he invented basically clan tartans, and then it became a thing for the you know the visit of the king. Then it became a thing, and then you had basically because you know for for years, decades, you weren't allowed to wear tartan; it was illegal in in Scotland. And so, and then it became fashionable, and so you had you know people wrote to clan chiefs and said, "Oh, what's your clan tartan?" And they just made made stuff up. But yeah, you
3: you just use the local whatever's local dyes, wouldn't you? I mean. Genuinely, yeah. that is something I did not know. Also, that, that, um, that trope. It's a short brain box
2: thing of Scotland. Because sure. when you think of Scotland, foreigners, whatever Scots like to think, what Scots, people think of the Highlands, you know, the yeah, Highlands. Yeah, someone uh, tossing
3: a caber in a Jamie kelp. Fraser,
2: yeah. you know, he, he basically invented, he romanticised uh, that kind of, that, you know, the, that kind of Scotland. I mean. For, but that kind of Scotland wasn't. Well, I mean, for the average crofter, I mean, trying to get a life, you know, trying to make live in Scotland and in the Highlands, you know, it 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 wasn't a great life. Do you know what I mean? It was it was a very hard, hard life. But that is basically, and that was uh, Sir Walter Scott. He just kind of invented a lot of all the tropes that we think of now. And if you think of it, um. You know, Edinburgh Station, that is named after his debut novel, Waverley. The only station in the world that's named after a debut novel. And when you come out of Waverley, you've got the Scott Monument, which is the biggest monument in the world to a writer.
3: I'm going to say this guy had quite a bit of influence. Yeah, I mean. Maybe maybe too much. (laughs) Um, Well, that's fascinating. And so that's on BBC Sounds. Yeah, BBC Um... Sounds. Which I think you can access outside of Yeah, UK, you, probably, can you? It's
2: probably on the World Service. It's probably you probably can get it on the World
3: Service. I bet you can get it on the World Service. And, and a lot of BBC Sounds uh, shows are now actually available on other places where you can get podcasts. But um, yes, check that out. That sounds fantastic.
0: Hearing you talk of that reminded me of Rob Roy. Rob Roy. Did you see that movie, guys?
2: Yes. But he wrote, yes. he, wrote he wrote the book, Rob Roy. And actually, I've read it. It's oh. actually. The the lead one of the the woman in it is amazing. She's a really strong, fantastic character. And actually, Rob Roy doesn't really appear in the novel. It's it's interesting. I was reading it and I thought if I downloaded the wrong novel because he doesn't really appear in it. And the Highlanders in that are basically a bunch of thieves, which is what Lowlanders considered the Highlanders. Anyway, I mean they don't come out very well in this. But yeah, he actually wrote the book Rob Roy.
0: I loved the film. Liam Neeson was excellent. Liam Neeson. Yes, your, your Come classic, on. what's under um, that kilt? Yeah, put it in my silk Scott purse. There.
3: I loved that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I remember from the movie. They
0: call it a silk purse.
3: Alison, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's your takeaway from that historical film. Um <laughs> Uh, Maureen, thank you very much uh, for your cultural corner and Alison for your silk purse
0: reference. You're welcome.
3: Uh, I, I think we should have another episode of WTB without some sort of uh, callback to a silk purse.
0: But you rather uh, my silk purse, yeah. <laughs> it's near the end of the show, but it's not the end of the show. No, it is not the end of the show because we've learned a lot. We've uh, discussed silk purses. Uh, we have uh, talked about uh, our weeks, uh, but but let's get to the important things. The important things are what the hell has been getting under our anger levels this week. I tried. I, I tried that this week, Jen. What's getting your goat?
3: Don't judge me now. You're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And and, and do you know who I blame? Society. (laughs) Don't worry, Alison. Uh, You are normally tippity-top at the intro. I have dropped the ball for weeks now. And uh, you've you've both let it pass. So, barbie it from me. Um, So, uh, tell me if you feel the same about this, both of you. But I feel like we just had Christmas. (laughs) Does anyone else? Like, yeah, we just did Christmas. Why are we doing it again? I, this whole thing of doing it every year. Here's what here's my pitch. C- come with me. Yeah. My children will not approve of this no, pitch. No, they're not they're going to say pr- no. Come with me now. Christmas is happening too often. We don't need it every year. It's a it's a burden. It's a stress. It's 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 a drain. Uh, it's 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 there is the joy has gone. We need to start doing Christmas like it's a leap year. No. Know, really, let's make an occasion of it. No. Every four years, we can have a big old party. You can have that time to save up, particularly if you've got kids and you're, you know, strapped for cash. You have a bit of a run-up to it. You don't have to see the in-laws every year. You don't have to go out and travel around the country to see various people that you don't particularly want to see, but it kind of feels like an obligation. And, yeah, and then that fourth year, you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm really looking forward to Christmas. That's my pitch. And uh, if I was going to uh, become a Julius Caesar figure, which is obviously the next stage after becoming a very successful stand-up comedian, as we all know that I am, is to move forward into some form of fascistic dictatorship where I oppress people's love of Christmas with my own humbug by insisting every four years.
0: Okay. Well, my first thoughts are financially, I think that's good for everyone. I do think it would make us appreciate Christmas more. I see the theory. I still think though, given our consumer market, you know what's going to happen? It'll not be Christmas. It'll be year two leading up to Christmas. Don't forget to get your year two leading up to Christmas presents. I, I feel society will still shove some sort of celebratory buy shit
3: down our throats. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I mean, I look. I don't think they've got much traction with this. So I mean, the
2: Puritans banned it, didn't they? You didn't have Christmas while the Puritans were in power.
3: Oh, I'm not no, saying you saying. I'm not a Puritan, Lauren. As you know, I am fun times. <laughs> that's what everyone says about me. Look at Jen. She's so laid back and fun. Oh, I'd love to hang out with her more. That's people oh, who don't know looks, you, Jen. She she looks like such a laugh. And then they spend more than 15 minutes with me and they go, got that know wrong. What? I've tapped out, got that wrong. Um I think you know what? Run it past your kids first and see what they think. Oh, I can't run it past them. This is we don't I don't ask my children's opinion about anything. I just tell them what we're doing. Um here's the thing. I just think it the years are getting shorter as I get older. And I think that's just Part of, part of staying alive, isn't it? It just seems
0: to happen so quick. The, the, the years yeah. seem to shrink.
3: Yeah, That's what's I, getting my goat.
0: I agree with I'm you. Gonna i going to be dead soon. What's going on? I've still got cheese from last Christmas in my freezer back in the UK because I freeze cheese. I do freeze cheese. You can freeze it every one. Can you, yeah. can you freeze cheese? Yes, you 100% Because For that long? Well, I mean, probably not, Maureen. That's what I'm saying. She, you know, like, <laughs> but I've still got it in my freezer. I mean, I to be fair, look-
2: Chloe would eat it because Chloe
3: doesn't believe in throwing stuff out, so. I know, but I would throw that out. You can't <laughs> have cheese in a freezer for a
2: year.
0: Is yet. Chloe one the of free- those? Is Chloe a the ration f- book girl? She's like. Oh, my Lulula. God, Yes. <laughs>
3: We're getting to rouse at the moment because we're not allowed to put the heating on until after 6.30pm. It's an absolute nightmare. The house is like an absolute ice bucket. A bucket of ice. An iceberg. Maureen you're laughing now wait till Christmas and you're freezing your tits off and you're like sorry <laughs> do you know what my heating's, I'm not, my heating's not on it's not that cold yeah but you've got a lovely warm flat I do have a warm flat your flat is always warm my I'm house at my parents is, house so I've cracked up not.
0: that shit like nobody's business I'm like I'm at home see so you, you guys it. later here's the bill <laughs> from my love it's in a heating bill <laughs> that's me when Chloe's not around beep 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 beep
3: We've got like a little fire in the uh, uh, in the living room. Oh, that that's goes nice. On. That's really nice. That little fire. That oh. goes on when she's not there. Then I have to switch it off. <laughs> Sometimes she walks towards it and goes. Has this been on? It feels I go, it. I feel warm. Yeah. Did you
0: turn on the fire when I was and I, there? Had, I say
3: something like, I switched it on very briefly because I just had to dry off some, and then I make up something random. And she's like, oh, yeah, did you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's mm, cheaper you know than
0: how? the dryer. It's cheaper than the dryer.
3: <laughs> we don't have a dryer. This is the thing. If I want to dry some clothes and the radiators aren't on, this whole house is like, I'm surprised we haven't got mushrooms growing on the wall. <laughs> anyway. Look, that's what's been getting my goat. In fact, there's two things there. The fact that the years are short. And you and can't put ble- the heat on. <laughs> I can't put the bloody heat on in winter. It's December for crying out loud. Uh, but other than that, Zen Jen has returned. She briefly left us there, but I'm back again. And um, really looking forward to some Christmas cheer. Uh, Uh, With me. Yeah. I like the way (laughs) Alison's just making a a sort of sign of
0: Merry Christmas, cheer.
3: Yeah. Look, Maureen, we've got six bottles of Bailey's in preparation for your arrival. What's everyone else drinking? Exactly. (laughs) Clearly not Bailey's.
0: Anyway, Merry Christmas.
3: (laughs) Women talking bollocks.
0: If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts
2: and leave us a
0: little review.
2: Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter,
3: YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats.
1: Well, that do?